This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. There are like 30 raised pizzas. They all claim to be the original, but the real one's on 11. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we have a star-studded lineup of... Wait, what? what's that now? Oh, they, they couldn't make it. We, we, got, we got these guys instead? Oh, come on. Okay, as I was saying, we have a thrilling lineup of the best financial bloggers ever from around the interweb machine. From Journey to Launch, please help us welcome Jamila. And we've talked about his work on the show, and now he's here. Mr. Retirement Manifesto, Fritz Gilbert. And finally, from the award-winning blog, LenPenzo.com, Len Penzo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, wait. <laughs> I guess I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's new. And in our Friday Human Resources segment, we welcome back the evil HR lady, Suzanne Lucas. And now here he is, because you can't start Memorial Day weekend without a host, Joe Salciha. Zero chance you're going to have a bad Memorial Day weekend because you included the Stacky Benjamin Show. Everybody, I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a fantastic way to spend your weekend talking about great money habits. And you know a great way to start off your great money habit? How about 100 bucks in your pocket when you use SoFi? That's spelled S-O-F-I, stackybenjamins.com forward slash S-O-F-I to get there. You know what you'll find? They're the leader in marketplace lending, helping you with student loans, personal loans, and mortgages. Here's how it works. You point your browser to stackybenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. It'll ask you what type help you're looking for. And from that point, you fill in a few details about you. And like our friend Dan Macklin over at SoFi says, in a few seconds, in most cases, you'll know everything about how they can work with you. You'll be able to pick from different terms, check out the interest rates on variable and fixed rate options to get the ball rolling. In fact, it's so easy. Our other sponsor, Magnify Money, lists their fine print rating as A+, meaning it's all easy to understand. They're looking for a new member to help, and you're looking for lower rates and a good partner. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. Hey, it's time for us to check on Magnify Money. By the way, StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money, because if the sponsor ain't happy, ain't nobody happy here in the basement. But it's time to check interest rates. As I record this, let's take a quick look. I went to StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Savings accounts and the top interest rate on a savings account right now is 1.3%. Dollar Savings Direct and Bank Purely, both... uh, 
And it's funny, last week when we were here, these two didn't line up exactly, and now they do. So somebody matched somebody else's deal. And see how quickly things change? All you do, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, and you'll get the lowdown, not just on interest rates on savings accounts. By the way, $1 minimum on both of those accounts. A, they're grade for uh, fine print and uh, the 1.3% compounded daily. Then uh, American Airlines, 1.25%. But it also says that has some uh, membership restrictions. You got to be part of the American Airlines credit union to get into that one. All that just because it's laid out so well. So whether it's balance transfers, cashback rewards, 0% interest cards, low interest cards, secured cards, link checking and savings accounts, CD rates, auto loans, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Hey, we're about to magnify your, your Memorial Day weekend. We've got a fantastic show, two great guests on today's show. And then of course the evil HR lady back here. So we got a lot to get to. So let's roll. All right, let's walk across the basement here and dust off the shortwave for another week for a special Memorial Day weekend episode. And we're going to start this time in Brooklyn, which is a place that we haven't yet had a guest on from. So I'm so excited. From the awesome Journey to Launch blog, it's our new friend, Jamila. Hi. I'm so glad that you came on the show and you and I just met a couple weeks ago. We did. We did. Absolutely. And so tell everybody about Journey to Launch because you've got an awesome blog. Sure. So my blog, Journey to Launch, it's all about chronicling my journey to retire in six years or less. And how do you plan? Well, we have to read the blog to find out, don't we? <laughs> yeah, you do. So go check it out. Awesome. And by the way, guys, we're going to link to all these in the show notes at stackybenjamins.com. And from the Georgia-Tennessee border, we welcome to the show the man behind Retirement Manifesto, Fritz Gilbert. Fritz! Hey, thank you, Joe. Glad to be here, man. This is a thrill. It's about time you got here. Indeed. We've tried a few times. I apologize. Every time you call me, I'm like, no, I got like a business <laughs> dinner. I got something going on. And this time I'm on vacation this week. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do this thing. So I'm glad to be with you tonight. You hear this that? Great. Fritz kept trying to come up with excuses why he couldn't come and he ran out. That's what I was. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. I so, finally. No, glad to be here. This is great. Well, tell everybody about the retirement manifesto. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a 54 year old guy. I'm a commodity trader. been a corporate guy for 32 years. And I started the retirement manifesto two years ago when I was 52 to kind of track my journey through the red zone the last couple of years of working. And uh, at this point, I'm one year away from an early retirement next year, uh, retire next summer at the age of 55. So I write about all the different things that I'm doing to prepare for retirement, both on the financial and on the softer side. And my whole goal is to help other people achieve a great retirement through the experience that I'm living. And I mix in personal finance, retirement planning, withdrawal rate strategies, uh, uh, you know, financial independence calculations, and, and then a lot of stuff on the, you know, moving your retirement from good to great. And what can you do to really make the, the best possible chance for a great retirement? Yeah, you guys both are just amazing savers. And I, I love what you do. Jamila, back to you for a second. You saved $85,000 last year? Yeah, my husband and I. Saved $85,000 through different vehicles, pre-tax retirement accounts, post-tax, index funds, 529 accounts, you name it. Yeah. We've Rocking got a, it. Good yeah, job. Good I was going to say, we got a couple show-offs here to join, <laughs> to join the man in the bunker popping his head out this week. It's the one and only Len Penzo. Mr. Joe, how you doing? Well, I feel inadequate with these two. Let me tell you, I want to know where Jamila was uh, 30 years ago when I started work, because boy, I sure could have uh, been living large for 24, my last 24 years of life here. I know. Really? Really? Jamila. 85. How could you? <laughs> Where were you? Yeah. So, I don't know. Not born yet. I don't know. <laughs> Any, oh, that's a slam against I'm Lynn. Joking. She's calling you old, Lynn. You know what? It's true. It's absolutely true. And Fritz, you shouldn't be snickering over there. You're 50. You're a year older than me, buddy. You, you and I, I, I think about that every time I hear you, man. You and I are like walking in the same footsteps. So we're right yeah, there. We so we, we got to fight off these youngsters, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not that young, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Len loves the fact, though, that for once, Jamila, he's not the oldest guy in the podcast. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised it took him only like two, what, 24 seconds to point that out, that somebody on the show is older than him for once. Oh, well, here, here's the thing. I finally found Joe's price. So you, come on, Joe. Fess up. 
What's, <laughs> I, I think it's time to start talking about the pieces, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> please, Guys, please. Yeah. Well, well, let's start this. Let's go to uh, this blog. We have this fun blog we're going to start with today, minimallynerdy.com. This gentleman, Marcus, writes this, and it's five simple apartment hacks behind my $39 utility bills. And when I looked at this, Jamila, I thought $39 utility bill, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, my utility bill is way higher than that. So when it comes to cutting on utilities, do you mind taking us through, Jamila, some of the things he says that he does? Sure. Some of it is basic stuff that I feel like we all kind of know, but maybe we just don't do. So one is opening up windows when it's hot outside to let air circulate which makes sense, right? Opening up doors, turning on fans, replacing your old-fashioned incandescent bulbs with LED lights, and so forth. You know, the one thing, Fritz, that I never thought of until just, a, it, actually until I got into the whole personal financial blogosphere, was reversing your fan. So that, so that the, <laughs> you know, I got to say, I always get confused. It's like, okay, summertime, is that clockwise or counterclockwise? And I was like, okay, he laid it out for us. But, man, I never switch mine. They're just, they're on and they rotate and they spin and they move air. Okay, that's fine. But I didn't even um, know I had I, that as an option. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, me neither. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Our, hey, you know, one, one thing I would add, though, I, I know Mark is actually, we're over in the Rockstar Forum together. So he and I have traded some notes back and forth and whatnot. But, you know, one thing, you know, he talks about, about opening the windows and all that. But I'll tell you something we always do whenever we buy a new place, take a few minutes and just look, check out the weather stripping, you know, put weather stripping. He talks about opening all the doors and windows, but man, another easy step is just add some weather stripping and you can save a lot, you know, on your utility bills just by stopping some of the leakage. Boy, we added insulation recently to our house and I felt the difference immediately. And based on what I paid and the difference in my cost and my utility bill, I'm going to make that up in probably about 14 months. It was amazing. Len, which of these really spoke to you? Some uh, good hacks here? Well, you know, I do the windows. The doors to me seems like overkill unless you have a screen door. If you don't have a screen door, I don't think I'd leave my uh, my door open because of bugs. But uh, the fans, we always do those. The lights, I think almost all of our lights are LEDs. The lower loads we can't do because I've got a big family. But but uh, otherwise, those are those were pretty good hacks. I had some other ones, though, with washing and drying. One that I think, unless I missed it, line drying, if you can do it, Put your instead of using the dryer, put your clothes out on the line. They smell fresher and you save a lot of electricity that way. So that's one of the big ones. And then use cold water unless you're using your whites. I know I asked the honeybee. She uses uh, cold water on everything but the whites. So that's another way to save money on your energy bills. Yes. Hey, I got I to gotta throw one in here, too, Joe. This is funny. When I read this article, I thought of the story. and I was like, I got to share this with Joe. You guys will like this. When I was uh, nine years old, I had some teacher in school, you know, environmentalist type science class. And they, and he talks about, Hey, you can save water if you just put a brick in the back of your commode, you know, and you'll, you'll have that much less water every time you flush. I was like, that's a pretty good idea. So I snuck a brick into the holding tank on our toilet. That thing was there from when I was nine years old. My parents didn't find it until I was 16 years old. So for seven years, we (laughs) saved a brick's worth of water every time we flushed the toilet. So (laughs) there's all kinds of tricks out there. Uh, Jamila, how many bricks are in your toilet? I don't- Zero. <laughs> Actually, hey, sounds like a personal problem. I don't know. Hey, you know what I don't like about those low flow toilets, though? Sometimes they work opposite because there's so little water, you have to flush like three Twice, times. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. you're defeating the purpose. That's it. Yeah, Jamila, what are some what are some hacks in your everyday life? I got to be honest, this article schooled me a bit. I need to do these things because I'm not that efficient when it comes to electricity at home. So I'm actually going to have to institute some of these things. But there's got to be some hacks in other areas of your life. You, oh. you don't save the amount of money that you saved last You're year right. by accident. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're talking about non-home hacks. Oh, yeah, I got just, a million of those. Yeah. Just any hacks that you use to save a few dollars where other people, you know, end up getting caught. Might not. All right. Well, one I would say is I still work for a nine to five or for corporate America. And so instead of keeping my old cell phone, which I loved, I had that number since I was in high school. I basically got rid of it and I use my corporate cell phone as my cell phone, Ah. which a lot of people at my job would not do because they have conspiracy theories. They think the company's spying on them, but I really don't care. So we basically cut our cell phone bill by one third. And my husband is the only one with a cell phone. um, And I basically just use my work phone for everything. I do the same thing, Jamila. (laughs) We're three for three. I do the same. Yeah, I I don't care if they're like watching me. I mean, I'm not doing anything illegal, so... (laughs) Or inappropriate, so. 
Do you guys, have you heard of any companies though that have rules about using the cell phone? I mean, Len, is there anything with your company where if you use the cell phone for personal, you know, use that they frown on? Uh, no, they, it's considered my phone. I've just got to, uh, turn it in when I'm done. No, I, there's no limits. Yeah. And Fritz, it's the same for your phone. Yeah. I mean, when, when cell phones first became, you know, kind of ubiquitous and they were everywhere, I think there were some policies that came out and I think they just realized, look, this is impossible. You know, these guys are going to use their phones. Fine. Let's just let them use their phones. So, you know, they, they have big brother tracking stuff. They can look at, you know, what you're doing, you know, that's fine. I mean, I'm not doing like Jamila, I'm not doing anything that I'm ashamed about anybody looking at. So I think the general thing is, yeah, you know, they've got tracking mechanisms on it. Don't do anything stupid. And as long as you're, you know, reasonable with it, nobody's going to say anything. They don't have a problem with it. You know, Fritz, how much Len loves you talking about when cell phones first came out? <laughs> yeah, us old guys, us old guys got to hang together, right, Len? Right. Hey, let me let me tell you, hey, real quick. I'm gonna because I want to get. I have a favorite hack that I want to share with you, Joe. But first, I got to tell you a story. We were just talking about this at the dinner table with the kids yesterday. Do you remember Fritz and Jamil? I'm not sure how old you are, but I remember back when I was watching like the Jetsons on TV and they'd talk about, you know, there'd be a TV or there'd be a telephone and you could see the person who you're talking to yeah. on the telephone. Yeah. And I, when I was yeah. a kid, I used to say, that's impossible. That'll never happen. You yeah. know, and it, 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 these kids today, they take it for granted, you know? Yeah. yeah now and, and I remember the first cell phone I had to carry for my job and the thing like slid into a compartment in your trunk and it had like a little sliding track and you slide it in and plug in this antenna cord and you'd have the phone mounted inside the car with all these wires and I mean, it was and then to, to carry it you had like a separate briefcase that was just your phone i mean it was crazy when they first came out they're they're great now but yeah it, it was an interesting transition for us old guys yes <laughs> jamil aren't you glad you got to appear on old guy night <laughs> <laughs> no i want to see what my future is going to be like <laughs> you'll be hey, Joe, I want to share you'll be telling I want to stories share. about when podcasasts first came out and you were on this dumb one called stacky benjamins right <laughs> I just got to share this for your listeners. So this is a great hack for those of you guys that like to go out on Friday and Saturday nights. And I think I've shared this before on your on your show, Joe, but maybe not. When you go out and you're drinking, ask for a double, okay? Because usually you can get 10 to 15% off the price of your drink just by asking for a double instead of buying 10 in a row, 10 singles in a row. Well, you know what's funny? This is Len Penzo's hack. He actually gets a double for the honeybee and he orders water for himself. <laughs> that's an ad. That's a, that's a hack on a hack. That just Everybody's happy, right? Uh, let's move on. I think we're going to leave that piece there. Next, we're going to go to money at CNN.com. And we got some bad news out of uh, the Motor City this week. Ford gets ready to cut jobs. Uh, it says Ford Motor under pressure from shareholders to cut costs in the face of lower profits and falling share price could be getting ready to make deep cuts in its worldwide staff. Wall Street Journal reporting last Monday that uh, they're looking at cutting about 10 percent of its workforce. That's about 20,000 jobs. So here's the question. When I was a financial planner, a lot of the time, man, my clients knew when their job was probably one of the ones on the chopping block. So let's start with you, Len. If uh, if you think your job's on the chopping, <laughs> think your job's on the chopping block. What's the first thing you got to do? Well, you better make sure you have enough money saved up to weather a storm while you're down without a job. I think that's the first thing you need to do. So, but you, you should also be working on your network. And I've, I'm going to reel these off fast because I've written about this before. And you also need to reassess and reprioritize where you're headed in life. But here's the thing I do. I have. Because I've, as an engineer, I mean, it's a very cyclical uh, profession. I have on every three or four years, me and the honeybee, we go through a exercise where we pretend that I was laid off and we look at our, our expenses and we assess where we can cut and how much we can cut from each of those expenses. It's kind of like a fire drill. And going through that is a real eye opener because at first you'll say, oh, I can cut these expenses, no problem if something happens. But until you look at what you're spending your money on, it is an eye opener how much you have to cut to make ends meet on no income. I like that advice. I think, Jamila, you guys just in your normal life, if you saved the amount of money you saved, you must have looked at all the different things you can cut. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I always have a plan A, B and C <laughs> lined up and ready to go. So when I saw this article, the first thing I thought was I'd basically secure any lines of credit that I needed. Oh, before yeah. The job went away. And that's actually one of the things I need to do. I need, I don't have a home equity line open on our current house. So I'd basically 
get that open just in case for some extra uh, backup cash and access the funds. And then right now we're paying off our um, primary mortgage off early. So I'd stop those additional payments and hold those back and start basically squirreling away money to rock the savings back up. No, that's some fantastic advice. Would you cut the 401k savings that you do? I actually would because we're pretty aggressive. We save, um, so my husband's a teacher and so we have access to the 403B and the 457 and we maximize both those accounts for him and we maximize my account. And so okay. we definitely probably hold back a bit through one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think that gets to where what Len's talking about though. If you got the emergency reserve and you get that up to six months of cash and you've got the liquidity to cover, you know, any realistic extension of unemployment, you know, I think once you've got that, you should keep pounding away the 401k because eventually, you know, it's going to catch up with you. If you sacrifice that to, to build short-term liquidity, then you're going to get burned when you get to retirement. So you really do have to do both. But, you know, I, I think the one thing I thought about when I read this article, you know, nobody's guaranteed lifelong employment, especially now. And I think each one of us every day, we got to, you know, bust our butt and show that, you know, we're the most valued employee. I actually went through a, a time in my career. I started out of college and the plant that I was at 15 months after I started, the plant got closed. Everybody got, you know, let go. And like 15 of us out of 200 got saved. I was one of the 15. And, you know, I had just, I had, I had earned it. Basically, I just busted my butt, you know, every day right out of college, wanted to prove, you know, as a rock star or whatever, you've got to demonstrate your worth and not, not assume that, you know, anybody owes you anything. You've got to earn it. And then the second thing I would say, especially today with all the technologies and opportunities, everybody should be developing a side hustle and have that kind of work in parallel while you're still going through your corporate job or your career job and, and start getting that building up as a contingency and, you know, potentially as an option. As you get older, maybe you, you swing over and do that full time, you know. Building uh, multiple streams of income. That's it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Len brought up a good point, too, about your network and about networking. Uh, I am horrible at LinkedIn. I am just so my LinkedIn profile is so woefully inadequate. <laughs> uh, have you spent any time doing that type of stuff, Fritz? You know, I, I struggle a little bit with LinkedIn. I mean, yeah, it's up to date. I keep it up to date. I keep it current. I keep it polished. I keep it as nice as I can. But in reality, I've not really developed much out of that. Yeah, I get calls from headhunters and stuff. So it must, you know, must be acceptable. But I don't really, once I've kind of set it up and made sure it stays current, you know, there's not much to it, right? It's just kind of out there. And I, and I don't really leverage it for much. I mean, I've got a, a good network within my industry and I do leverage that, you know, and really maintain a close relationship with a lot of other companies in my space. And, and I would have options there, but it's more through personal relationships and direct contact than it is through something like LinkedIn. I will say this about LinkedIn. I think everybody should go through every once in a while and go through your LinkedIn contacts. You might be complacent. You'll say, oh, I've got 200 people or 500 people on my LinkedIn or whatever, a thousand. And a huge percentage of those might not be relevant to help you when you're about to get laid off. You know, I look through my LinkedIn every once in a while and I I kind of admit people into my network who aren't, they can't help me. They wouldn't be able to help me if I got laid off. Right. So yeah, just, just reevaluate and don't get complacent if you got a big fat LinkedIn. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You, you said it. What the heck you're talking about. Uh, Jamila, you seem to me like a natural networker when I met you in Times Square. You know, it's funny. I mean, I try to be, but I'm a natural introvert. So it's definitely something I have to push myself to do. You didn't seem like an introvert at all. Oh, I, sh I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> what about you in LinkedIn? Have you, have you developed your online uh, profile much? I have. For a long time, I never even logged into LinkedIn. I never had a profile. And most recently, I had a friend who just encouraged me to update it with at least my latest resume and a picture. <laughs> so I did that. And so I think as of now, I'm, I'm okay. I'm ready to go. If something were to happen, I have a good network of people on there. But I'm glad I did that. It seems to me, Mr. Penzo, that this advice, you know, thinking about your job going away, even if you don't work at Ford and this isn't you, the shot across the bow, just to anybody listening, just to have yourself ready so the job goes away tomorrow, you're prepared. Oh, yeah. You should always be prepared. Like, like I said, I've my whole career... I have been through many layoffs at, at companies, very scary. There's been many times, and it can happen at the drop of a hat. I mean, things happen to companies that pop out of the blue. You, your company is sailing one day, and the next day something comes up, and whoop, they have to slash 40% of the yeah. workforce. So you sh you're never safe. I don't care who you are. And the more money you make and the longer you've been employed at a company, Fritz was talking about make sure that you're worth something to the company. The more you're making, 
the more you have to be valuable to you, the more you have to show what sure. you're providing to that. You have to company. prove yourself. That's yes. Right. It gets I'd actually harder. like to I like to add that I don't mean to be morbid, but it's almost around the same thinking of, you know, if you were if you knew you were going to die, you know, in a year or tomorrow, what would you do differently? When I saw this article and I thought about, okay, if I was going to get laid off, I knew I was going to get laid off in a few months, what would I do? And one of my things on the list was I would hustle like crazy on my side business to really start trying to make more money. And it got me to thinking, am I doing enough now to to really to be able to do that? Like, why do I have to wait until a catastrophe or to, for a job right, loss right. to do that? So it, it got me thinking about, you know, maybe I need to, you need to start being more proactive uh, in a lot of these task. I've had that thought lately, Jamila. It's funny you say that. I was talking to my business coach. I have a coach that disagrees with me all the time, which I love. Uh, by the way, I love having somebody in my corner who thinks completely differently about stuff than I do. And uh, and we had this whole this whole discussion about writing your own story, about too often we just kind of go along with the flow, right? What everybody else is doing, and you're kind of letting other people write the story for you. But I love this idea of if you were going to die, we're it, and we are going to die, right? I mean, it's going to happen. Why wouldn't we be out there writing our own story? I think that's a powerful, powerful thing. Hey, got to take a quick break from our awesome discussion with our new friends, Fritz and Jamila. Neither one have been on the show. Aren't they doing great? Fantastic. And of course, Mr. Penzo, as fun as always, to say a big thanks to people who use our link to get to Amazon.com. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Amazon gets you there. And you know what happens? You, when you put in StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Amazon, you still get the same great Amazon deals that you'd normally get, but they give us a little thank you for sending you their way. So if you can't use our main sponsors help, maybe Amazon is something that you'd be able to use and, and help the show. So thanks to everybody who does that. Hey, usually, you know, we talk about FinTech in the middle of the show, except when our friend Suzanne Lucas, the evil HR lady comes down, award-winning blogger. And of course she writes just about everywhere, but especially at Inc. If you're familiar with uh, the publication Inc., she's over there. So let's say hello to Suzanne Lucas. And back with us in the basement, it's the evil HR lady, Suzanne Lucas. Glad to have you back. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we got a letter that was addressed specifically for you. I know, pinch yourself, right? Because you never get any of those at the evil HR lady. I never do. I never do. So this warms the cockles of my heart. Well, here's here's what it is, Suzanne. If you ever have an evil HR lady back, and of course we have the evil HR lady back, this is for her. He says he's a late career professional. I have an idiot boss who's demanding that I develop individual development goals. I have no intent on developing any further. Actually, I plan on doing progressively less over the next 696 days. Could you recommend some fluff to keep this moron at bay? Thank you. I thought that was that was a neat letter. So what's going somebody at the end of their career with a boss who sounds like, and I might be reading too much into this, Suzanne, but it sounds like the boss might be a little bit of a micromanager. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that from this alone. Here's the deal. The boss cares about getting the job done and cares about his job. If you're not doing that, he doesn't really care about your desire to do less because he's paying you the same as he would pay someone else and that someone else would be taking those goals and moving forward. And, you know, this is something that is common. You know, when you get close to retirement, you're like, oh, I don't really want to, you know, learn this new computer program or I don't want to do whatever. But that's how you end up getting fired when you're 64 and you say, oh, it was because they didn't want to pay out my pension or whatever. It really can be because you're not putting in the level of work that other people are. Well, that's the difficulty, I think, is that when you're close to retirement, you're probably being paid a good amount of money, I would imagine. People look at the bottom line and they say, should I keep this person along who's clearly just on the escalator out, right? And not really adding a lot to the bottom line or bring in somebody who is you know, young and bullish and ready to ready to rock and roll and make a bunch of money for the company at a lower rate, probably. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, is, is that this guy knows that 696 days, you know, from when he sent the email, 
so that's a serious countdown going on when you've got that <laughs> figured out. He's checked out mentally already. And I, I feel for him. You know what? There are times when, you know, I've, I've checked out. I, it's getting to be the end of the school year. And if I have to sign one more thing, I'm going to explode, <laughs> you know? So I understand the checking out because I'm checking out of the signing off on parental stuff. But um, school is not paying me. I am paying them. So, ha. Huh. But, yeah, I can see why his boss is a bit annoyed with him. I would be, too, if this was my employee. And so he wants some fluff to keep this moron at bay. And so my suggestion is to not call your boss a moron and to maybe be up front and say, look, I am out of here in two years, maybe in an exchange for a pay cut. I can do a little bit of less and, or something. I don't know because most companies aren't really interested in your happiness. <laughs> well, I was thinking, here's what I was thinking, Suzanne, and tell me tell me if I'm way out of whack. But when I, I had some struggles early in my career with fitting my individual goals along with the goals of the company I was working for, clearly I was designed to be self-employed. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but getting away from that for a second... When I did best with these individual development goals was when I found things that really interested me that also aligned with the company's goals. And I looked hard for that congruency, you know, so that where my goals dovetail with the goals of the operation, then I'd be excited about doing whatever it was. And then the person, you know, that I'm working for was also getting, uh, you know, a fair amount of work out of me. Yeah. And that would be ideal. My concern with him, though, is that he's not looking to grow his career in a different direction. He's looking to retire to Florida. And oh. so that would, well, I didn't, you know, he didn't say well, but, that. And no, but there's, I, but, I wouldn't retire to Florida. No, <laughs> but there's even an issue there because you see these people when you were, when you were working in HR, you saw these people, they'd retire. I don't have any like, you know, empirical proof here, but they retire, they retire at 65. They're just done working and they're dead by 67 because they have no developmental goals anymore, you know, to use the language in this letter. Well, it's, it's totally true. And if you've been used to, you know, building your whole life around your career and then suddenly your career is over, retirement can be almost as devastating as getting fired. Yeah. And even though that you chose it, if, if you're not doing anything anymore, and there are lots of people that do lots of stuff after they retire, you know, my, my parents are retired and they volunteer at places and they have a whole bunch of grandkids around and they're very active, even though they're not employed anymore. Yeah. But if you're just like, okay, I have no community, I have no life outside of my job, and then you leave it, yeah, it can be devastating mentally and physically. So to directly answer his question, do you have any fluff that he can give this moron, <laughs> which, I, which I agree with you, I'm not sure the boss is a moron, and I get the feeling there is some unstated stuff in this letter that they just don't mesh well. Well, and that's entirely possible. And it can go both ways. For for one, I'm going to assume that the boss is considerably younger because the boss isn't looking towards retirement. And the boss may be pushing towards something this guy doesn't want to do. It's possible this guy's been in this company for a long time and he knows more than the boss about a lot of things that happens too. Because you have the rising star who keeps jumping up the ladder and then you have the, you know, the steady worker person that is as far up the letters he's going to get. Yeah. So there might be some conflicts going on there anyway, but you know, my advice would be to write some development goals and to understand that your boss isn't asking just for his help either. He's got a boss that's saying, I need the developmental goals for all of your department and he's going to be punished if you don't do this. That's not going to make your life any better. In fact, it's going to make it considerably worse. Yeah. Any way to keep the peace for that 696 days is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, depending on what a, what he's trying to reach in the 696 days, you know, for some companies that's super critical that, you know, you've got to work out till you hit whatever this, whatever this deal is in order to get benefits or whatever. Is that the worst, um, is that, is that the worst case scenario then? Uh, he may have to just fake it till he makes it. Cause I mean, if, if not, this could be a ruse by the boss to try to just get rid of what boss sees as dead weight. I don't think it's a ruse by the boss though, because 
this is something that's normal, you know, like I would expect every manager to be asking people about developmental goals. So it's not like if he was asking him to make a 10 year plan or something that might be a ruse, but regular developmental goals, that's something that I'm pretty confident that the manager has asked everybody in the department to do, but it could end up with this guy getting out of a job if he doesn't comply and that might not be what he really wants. And the other thing to take into consideration is as if this guy has bargaining power, I don't know if he's fantastic at what he does or not. If he is, then he has some bargaining power. Like if he's going to be really difficult to replace, then he can say, you know what? I am a star. I've always been a star, but I'm going to stop that. But I promise to give you my best work at this level for the next two years. And then I'll help you train someone on the way out. But if he's not a superstar, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I I feel really negative. Well, yeah, but the whole thing, I think with that discussion is the person who think, because you and I both know these people that think they're a star and they walk into the boss's office and they deliver that speech and they find out too late that they, they're not as big a star as they thought they were. Well, yeah. And that's, that is definitely a, a case. I always say that I've received hundreds of calls of people complaining about their performance rating and not once has anybody said my performance rating was too high. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. I should have been rated a, a four and I was rated a five. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Back down on those positive reviews. Right. That's right. Right. So tell us what's going on at the evil HR lady. You know what? Everything is going on. We have lots of questions and I am trying to solve a mystery of Washington vacation law. And hopefully we'll have that by the time this uh, goes live on your thing. Michigan. Does that sound exciting? Michigan vacation law. Washington vacation law. Washington vacation law. Yeah. Maybe my head's in Michigan, I guess. I don't know. We'll link to, by the way, evilhrlady.org on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Suzanne, thanks for hanging out. Anytime. Big thanks again to Suzanne for stopping by and uh, for more on the Evil HR Lady blog, which is amazing. EvilHRLady.org.org. All right, let's get back to our awesome conversation with Fritz Gilbert from the Retirement Manifesto, Jamila from Journey to Launch, and uh, Mr. Len Penzo from LenPenzo.com. Let's move on here, guys, to our third piece. And I love this. This comes to us from Yahoo Finance. What it really costs to go to Walt Disney World. (laughs) Walt Disney World. This is by Brad Tuttle from Money. Walt Disney World sits right at the red-hot center of the family vacation universe, it says. Of course, we had Mr. Theme Park Insider himself on Wednesday's show. That's uh, Robert Niles. And if you haven't heard that, you want to go back and find out about all the hot deals. But what amazed me was when you look at the cost, the cost just went up. Uh, a single-day adult admission to the Magic Kingdom now costs 124 bucks compared to 105 in 2015. In 2010, only $79. So the cost is outrageous to go to Disney. But the cost, it seems like, to go anywhere, Jamila, is, is, is through the roof. So let's say this. You've got this expensive vacation, right, that you want to take, and you're not sure if you can afford it right now. Do you, A, go ahead and just put it on the credit card because YOLO, right? We got to, we, we, you only live once and, and, and it's all about your experiences. Two, take the vacation to an expensive place like Disney or the island you want to go to, but downsize it so that you take the frugal version of the vacation. Maybe you don't go any of the nice restaurants. You just pack lunches or shop at the grocery store. Or three, do you do delayed gratification and uh, save up until you can get the top-notch experience? Which of those do you do? Can I choose a combination, Alex? Oh, yeah. I would do. A, <laughs> I would try to pick a combination of you know still going but basing things on value. So I won't be. I won't pick the the best and nicest place to stay. And this is very relevant for me because I have two kids. So one is turning one and one is turning three. So oh, they're boy. very young, but Disney's in our future. And so when I think about this, you know, I'm not going to be staying. I already know I'm not going to be staying at the nicest, closest resort, but I will pay for convenience because, you know, we don't want to be slipping around with like two kids like across town. And so there's going to be a trade off. So where I might, you know, pay up for a hotel that's closer, but maybe not as nice. 
and maybe I'll pay up for included meals, but not the best meals. I'd probably do more of a medium on a shoestring, but then not too cheap because we got to also make it comfortable for the kids and us. That's funny. It sounds like the first thing you do is look at what you value, which for you, it's the convenience of being close because of the young kids and cut out the stuff that really is nice, but you don't value as much. Right. Like I'm not spending $800 on souvenirs. I know that. (laughs) Crazy. Fritz, Fritz, how about you? Which way do you go? Yeah, we, we've been there. You know, I think I think with Disney, you know, my daughter's 22 now, but obviously, you know, you, everybody takes their kids to Disney. Right. And I think Disney in particular and, and vacations in general. But let's talk about Disney. You know, in the case of Disney, I think there's certain ages where you it's just prime for your kids to go and have that experience. And everybody, every parent wants their kid to have that experience. So when they're, you know, five, they go for the first time when they're, you know, sometime in high school, you go down for the last time as a family, whatever. And I think it's driven as much by the age of the child as it is the financial readiness. So now the kid's five, you're ready to go. You know, even this article, it talked about a range anywhere from 3,500. This is for a family of four, four nights, family of four. And they said, you could do it on the cheap for like 3,500, or you could go all the way to the top and, you know, blow 10 grand. You know, I think you find a way, like Jamila said, you find a way to to only pay for the things that are expensive that bring the value. You know, one thing we did, we went down a couple of years ago with my daughter for the last time and uh, we did an Airbnb, you know, and we were on a golf course. It was nice. Three bedrooms. She brought a friend. We had a kitchen. Okay. We cooked a couple meals in, we saved some money and we were probably paying 200 bucks a night and they're citing like 400 a night as the average in Disney. So you can save some money and still make it a good experience. And I think you just got to balance the two out. Yeah. But let's say this, because you said it depends on the age of the kids. So let's say that your kid is at prime Disney age or, you know, and, and like we said earlier, it doesn't have to be Disney. It's whatever, but you're at the prime age, which was your point. There's a certain age that fits a vacation and you don't have the money now and everybody else is going at that point, do you go ahead and put it on the credit card and say, Hey, we'll have a plan to pay it off quickly. Uh, you know, personally, no, I would wait. I, I think, you know, part of what you've got to do as a parent is you've got to, and, and, you know, we're all into personal finance. We're all into planning. You know, I think if you're responsible, you've got to look ahead and realize that's going to be coming in a couple of years and you've got to take actions when they're three so that, you know, Jamila, the age of your kids right now, you know, you should be starting to think about it and setting aside a Disney fund so that when they do get to the right age, you've already got the money set aside. If, if you're truly not prepared and you just don't have the money, yeah, YOLO's got a certain place, but at the same time, you can't do something that's really just blatantly irresponsible and throwing right. out a 20% credit card is just, that, that to me, I just, I couldn't bring myself to do that. And then, like you said, with the ages of the kids, if you have kids that are five, three or seven, you know, fairly still young, you know, you might want to save the more expensive or the more luxurious quote unquote experience for when they're a bit older and they can appreciate it because the kids right. don't really care about, you know, the thread count of the sheets you're staying on. They just want to go see the characters and have fun at the park. So a lot of it is just, doing what the kids will value at that age and not doing it for yourself and your ego. You got to look at that too. Fritz, you said that uh, Jamila might want to think about creating a Disney fund. I don't know if you know this. That's what that $85,000 that she saved. Disney, <laughs> Disney's expensive, man. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, and at $85,000, she's almost halfway to affording it. That's right. Yeah. And then by the time, but you know, two more years, you'll be up at 200 bucks a night. So, you know, or 200 bucks for a ticket to get in. So you're right. It's, it's going fast. Len Penzo, you've been through this before. Yeah. On both ends as a kid, you know, believe it or not, Disneyland was, was still around when I was a kid. Uh, and, and let me just say this. When I was a kid, I, I grew up, my family was not wealthy or, you know, we were lower middle class. And I used to ask my dad when I was a kid, because we lived uh, 50 miles from Disneyland. And I used to ask my dad, when are we going to Disneyland? And, you know, he couldn't afford it that often. He would always tell me, he'd say, son, one of these days, one of these days, you know, so and I'd ask him all the time. Eventually, you know, he'd come into my room one day and say, hey, son, it's one of these days. And I'd get all excited. Let me just say, I've never held that against him that, you know, I couldn't go that often to Disneyland or what have you. So parents, it's okay if you don't have the money, wait and save. Don't put it on the credit card. Your kids, they'll just be happy when when you have the money to take them. So I think that's what I want to get across first. Let me give you one other thing. When you have kids, sometimes it's worth spending a little extra money because I've been there. Getting a better hotel room. Don't try and cram yourself in a little room. Spend a few extra bucks for a suite where you can put the kids in their own room and mom and dad can have their own time at the end of the day. It really makes the trip a little more worthwhile. So, I like that idea. 
Yeah, that's uh, it goes back to what, what Jamila was talking about, about focusing on the things that are important to you, Len, and then skimping in other areas. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Len's idea, by the way, of a good time with his kids was always to let them peek their heads out at the sun once in a while. <laughs> Did he leave the tinfoil hat on, or were they allowed to take that off when they went outside? Do you kids want to see what a tree looks like? Right. <laughs> this, will be, this will be great. Uh, I think we'll. Here's a picture on the computer. Here's a picture on the computer. Don't go outside. <laughs> let, let me let me ask you this because is there ever a time when you think putting the family vacation on a credit card is a great idea? You don't have the money, put it on the credit card. Can you think of a of, of a scenario where that makes sense? Let's start, Fritz, All with right. you. I've got one and one only, and it just came to mind when you brought it up. If you've got a parent who is going to die and they've got some kind of fatal disease and, and you know, you've, you know, they've got a year or two left and it's like, Hey, this is the final thing, you know, for something really significant like that, maybe short of that, I can't imagine any scenario that I would say, yeah, you should throw it on the credit card. Yeah. Jamila. I'd agree. Unless it's some dire situation and you need to fly out to see someone that you might not ever see again. I think delayed practicing, delayed gratification and showing your kids that is a key in being an adult. (laughs) So I, I, think you should try to hold it off and save for what you want to do. Yeah. Len, any reasonable idea you can think of besides what's already been mentioned? No, I think Fritz nailed it. I think that in that case, yes. But other than that, uh, no. (laughs) Guys, this has been just fast paced fun. I absolutely loved it. Let's talk about what's going on where you live. Jamila, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Well, it was old guy day besides you, so I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad for you. I really do. I gotta admit, I was looking forward for Paula to be on, but maybe maybe another time. I know. Paula wrote me at the last minute and Fritz was out of excuses, so you get Fritz instead. <laughs> That's it. I can pretend I'm Paula. How's this? Is it no, I gotta talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably no, not. You, you, you'll do. You're just fine. Yes, yes. So, I can't I can't hold a candle to her. Paula's awesome. She's she's great on the show. And Paula, we love you. Sorry you couldn't be on here with us. I, I agree with Jamila on that one. Jamila, tell us what's going on lately at Journey to Launch. Sure. So Journey to Launch, you can check out my blog where I'm sharing my personal stories about how I am reaching financial independence. And I'm also sharing ways in which anyone can reach financial independence and optimize their own finances. I'm also on all social media as Journey to Launch. If you want to connect and ask me a question, I'm very responsive and I love to chat with people who want to learn more about finances. And for people that are podcast lovers, you were just on our friend Ty and Talit show also. Oh, yeah. My uh, interview just got released. I believe it was last week. So uh, if you want to check that out, you can. Yeah, the His and Her Money Show. Fantastic podcast. And we've been begging them to come back on. But the time that we record this is very difficult for them. So we almost got Talit on a couple of weeks ago. And we're just going to keep trying. We'll we'll get him back. I'll, by the way, have all the links to uh, Jamila. She talked about her social media presence. We'll have that. And if you're out walking the dog or on your commute, We'll have all the links for everybody on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Fritz, man, thanks a ton. Hey, I'm glad you absolutely. finally glad you finally ran out of excuses not to be on the show. Well, you know, I'm getting so old. I figured if I didn't get on the show, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> so I better I better hurry up and do it. You know. So no, hey, some good stuff going on at the retirement manifesto. Two things to mention to your listeners. One is we are in the process of moving from good to great in our retirement, and uh, we just bought a mountain cabin one year ago. And we're selling it and buying another one. So you might ask, why in the world are we doing that? We're doing it to intentionally move our retirement from good to great. I got some good articles out there about it. And we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're in the midst of doing it as we speak. I spent all day today moving. So that's number one. So keep an eye out for what's going on with that. The second one, uh, I do quite a bit about physical fitness and keeping yourself you know, in good shape because that's one of the critical things as you get into retirement. And I've been competing against a guy called the Dolphin. One of my hobbies is cold water swimming. So on June 6th, with water temperatures of 57 degrees, the Dolphin and I are going to swim against each other in Lake Michigan in downtown Chicago at 730 in the morning just really? north of the pier. So really? come, come by and see us if you're in Chicago on June 6th. Oh, wow. You know how you tilt that in your favor? How? I need every tip I can get. This guy's a rock star. He's a German. So he and I raced in Zurich last year, right? And we get done with the race. He goes, oh, by the way, I was the German national champion in swimming when I was 15 years old. I was like, oh, the guy's setting me up. So I I need all the help I can get. What what do you got for me, Joe? Well, if you guys are doing lanes, right? He's got his lane and you've got your lane. Take a few bricks and throw them in your lane. And then you'll have- I'll grab the bricks from the toilet (laughs) in my parents' house. That's the the dumbest joke ever. How many bricks are in your toilet in your cabin, by the way? 
Uh, none. I'm I'm past that. We can pay we can pay for our water bills now. We're okay. <laughs> make myself choke. All right. Hey, one other thing I should mention. I just did a thing called the FI score. So if you're curious on how you stand and where you rate on uh, your achieving financial independence, I just put together a neat little spreadsheet that lets you link your net worth and calculate your FI score. And once your FI score gets over 100, you're financially independent. So check it out. It's on my site. That's fantastic. Mr. Penzo, what's happening at lempenzo.com? Hey, first thing I want to say, I want to thank Jamila because she her website, Journey to Launch, has inspired me to start a new website. I'm going to call it Journey to Lunch. I think, um, <laughs> I think there's some real possibility there for some big uh, some big paydays. So so that's I'll be starting that right after this. Um, yeah, hey Chili's, also, hey Chili's, if you're listening, you could sponsor Lens <laughs> New Lens and Benny Hanna right. and Benny Hanna, Benny Hanna, right? Affiliate right. advertising. Here we go. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, no, uh, on LenPenzo.com, I will be highlighting the ten worst things I've ever bought in my entire life. I lay them all out, how much it cost, and why I regretted them. So, uh, some interesting things on that list. Awesome. And as I just mentioned earlier, we'll link to everybody's stuff at uh, our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Hey, thanks for playing, guys. Hey, it was fun. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, that's going to do it, guys. Hey, we play a game on this show, and we want to tell you a little bit about that game here in a second. So hang on. We'll also tell you a little bit about Memorial Day weekend here in the basement and next week because we've got an exciting week coming but first, got to thank everyone who's gone to our sponsors, stackybenjamins.com forward slash SoFi, spelled S-O-F-I. They're the leader in marketplace lending. And what that means is that you're looking for a lower interest rate. They have investors on the other side that are looking for a higher interest rate. And you meet in the middle and you get your student loans at a lower interest rate or a personal loan at a lower interest rate. And they get you as a borrower. So that's the way that it works. SoFi works with members, not just numbers like your local bank does. In fact, they have networking events. They'll help you find a job, all kinds of resources on their blog. They're a different kind of company. Check them out, stackybenjamins.com forward slash SoFi. And of course, they'll throw in $100 if you use our link for your student loan refinance or your next personal loan. And the place that lists them as numero uno is uh, Magnify Money. And when you head to Magnify Money, you know, early in the show, we looked up savings accounts. Let's take a quick look here at uh, balance transfers. So I'm going to click balance transfer cards. It says it asks what my credit is. Let's say that my credit is not excellent, but only good. And I've got $5,000 worth of debt. My monthly payment's $275. I update the results. And it tells me that a Barclay Ring MasterCard with a A score when it comes to fine print, 15 months is my transfer duration, 0%, and the promotional rate, 0%. Or Chase Slate, they get a B for their fine print rating, but that's also 15%, and their intro fee is 0%, and their transfer fee is 0%. Good stuff. And you just go down. You know, a lot of people know that they can transfer their debt to these 0% cards. But what they forget is that uh, there's often a transfer fee. And I see 3% transfer fee on some of these. And as you get further down, the transfer fees, I see some 4% now. And uh, they can get ugly. And some of the promotional rates, 5 6%, not as good. So why just take the first thing that comes along in the mail when you've got a site like Magnify Money? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. All right, we play a game on Fridays. As you heard today, OG's not here with me in the basement, and I get a little bored, so I have a game, and we started it two weeks ago, and then we had another clue last week and this week. If you examine the title of the show and maybe the first couple sentences of the description of the show or listen to the first couple sentences of the show, something might seem out of place. And if you find it and you find something in the same place that seems out of place, the week before and the week before that. Well, guess what? You're probably onto the clues. Stick all those clues together. And then once you have the puzzle figured out, send me the solution, joe at stackybenjamins.com. And if you're within the first 24 hours, so the first person who gets it, and then we randomly pick out somebody. I used to do the first person and uh, we'd have so many people get it and I don't want to discount the uh, West Coast. So 
if you're within 24 hours of the first person, you go in the hat with them. So off to the races. We've given you three clues so far. I'll be interested to see if somebody, can somebody come up with it yet? Yeah, probably. Yeah. This is the first week where somebody might be able to guess it. Joe at StackyBenjamins.com if you do. Coming up next week on the show on Memorial Day on Monday, here's one to take along with you. We interviewed Dave O'Connor, and Dave is the executive producer of a new National Geographic series called Year Million, which has been on National Geographic uh, starting uh, back on May 15th, about a week and a half ago, and it's still running. I think you're going to love it, especially if you like science fiction, if you like talking about where the future's headed. We're going to talk to Dave about economics in the future and about the role of money in the future, and what are we going to all do when machines are doing everything for us? Dave is uh, a very interesting guy. And if you want to know a little bit about Dave's work, remember the documentary, Not Your Guru, Tony Robbins. That's Dave O'Connor's work. And he's going to join us uh, on the shortwave to talk about this next project. Excited about that. Next Wednesday, Dr. Amir Baruch. You know, it's funny. He wrote this book for doctors and uh, what doctors need to know to preserve their wealth. And I was reading through it. And uh, because it seemed too niche for our show. And then I saw that this isn't crap doctors need to know. This is stuff all of us need to know. And doctors get it wrong, but so do all of us. So what do we need to know to make it and keep it? Uh, Dr. Amir Baruch coming down to the basement. On next Friday, special guest in the basement for this roundtable, Pete the Planner, USA Today columnist, also has a fantastic podcast that I personally Love called The Million Dollar Plan. And Pete has been a comedian. He's a financial planner in the Indianapolis area. And always love it when Pete comes down to the show. We don't have Pete on enough. We should have Pete on way more. But Pete's a busy, busy dude. All right. That's the excitement down here next week in the basement. Oh, also, something cool if you're a landlord to think about being a landlord. How about making the back end of that easier? Renolutions is going to be on in the middle, and they help make part-time landlords compete much, much more easily. No more of these half-done spreadsheets. Very, very good. All right. Hope everybody has a safe Memorial Day weekend. Go stack some Benjamins. Special thanks to Fritz Gilbert for joining us. Check out Fritz's blog, The Retirement Manifesto, at theretirementmanifesto.com. Thanks also to Jamila from Journey to Launch for joining us today. You'll find out more from Jamila at journeytolaunch.com. And it was great to have the evil HR lady back with us, wasn't it? Find out more human resources and workplace tips at evilhrlady.org. Join us Monday, Memorial Day, when Dave O'Connor from the new National Geographic series Year Million talks with us about economics and money in the far, far future. Don't miss it. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. And this is Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, saying that all of us, the whole Stacking Benjamins family from mom all the way down to that crazy OG, wish you and your family a safe, thoughtful Memorial Day weekend. Wait, where are you going? I was going to make espresso. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, 
and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.